When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. We've got some breaking news, a big commitment for Kentucky basketball. We're going to talk to Ben Roberts, who covers UK basketball recruiting for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We're going to talk to him all about Shaden Sharp here in just a minute. First, I want to remind you, you can get a sports pass, sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of Ben's coverage. You get all of Jerry Tipton's UK basketball coverage, Josh Moore's UK football coverage. You get columns by Mark Story and myself. You get high school coverage from Jared Peck. $30 for the first year. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Then click on the pinned tweet at the top of the feed. Take you right where you need to go. Or just go to Kentucky.com. Click on the subscription tab. Check out all the offers. We really appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com. I also want to remind you, you can give a rating and review to this podcast. After you listen to Ben, you're going to be so fired up. You're going to want to do that on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio Podcasts. We really appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast, and we appreciate everybody who's listening to this podcast, and I know you are because you want to hear what Ben has to say about Shaden Sharp and who might come next after Shaden Sharp to play basketball at the University of Kentucky. So let's get right to it, my conversation with Ben Roberts. Okay, here with uh, Ben Roberts. First of all, Ben, how's it going? Good, good, John. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Kentucky got a big basketball commitment tonight. Tell us about it. Yeah, Shaden Sharp, um, who, you know, going by the rankings, Kentucky's biggest commitment in, in years and years, and and just by the talent and, and the, you know, the production he's expected to bring next season, um, you know, I, I think also matches that uh, superlative. He's just, you know, this is... The kind of player that I feel like Calipari has gone after in the last few years, and, and Kentucky just hasn't been able to to seem to to get these type of guys. Um, so the fact that, especially coming off last season and shaking up the coaching staff, and um, you know with NIL coming in, and it seems like I feel like this is kind of a reset of sorts for for Calipari's program here at Kentucky, and and to get a guy like this. Is really your first commitment um, after all this has happened? Uh, I think uh, you know not only is is a uh, is a great sign for the immediate future of the program, but also kind of sends a signal to everybody else in college basketball that that kind of the the early days of the Calipari era might might be circling back around. 
Okay, for those who haven't been keeping up, give us a little background on Shaden Sharp, what kind of player he is. As you mentioned, he's very highly ranked by the recruiting services. Just just give us like a mini bio on Sh- for those who haven't paid attention on this kid. Yeah, so Shaden is actually, he's originally from um, Ontario, Canada, and he came down uh, before his sophomore year to live in the United States and, and play basketball. And he ended up at Sunrise Christian, which is one of the very best uh, prep schools every year um, in the country, but he, he he really didn't play a whole lot. He, he was a bench player. He was a reserve. Obviously, he was a sophomore on a team that, that often has a lot of really, really good upperclassmen, but, you know, from talking to some people around him, I, I think he, you know, as anybody would, he, it takes a little bit to acclimate to not only living in a new country, but living away from home for the first time, and he was trying to do all that while also playing an elite level of basketball, so the, the talent scouts who saw him at the time saw that he had this just overwhelming, explosive athleticism. Uh, and there was clearly something there, but the skill set wasn't quite there. So last year, um, obviously, COVID hit in March. And basically, from March to the beginning of his junior year, it sounds like he didn't hardly leave the basketball gym. And he, he, he got with his AU team director and some others and just worked on honing his skills and, and, and most importantly, honing his skill set away from the basket and becoming a better slasher, becoming a better ball handler, becoming a better shooter, um, and just learning the game a little bit more. And by the time his junior year rolled around, he's at a new prep school um, in Arizona, and he's barely ranked. Uh, he was barely inside the top 100 nationally, and, and some of the recruiting services didn't, didn't even have him as a top 100 recruit. But he comes out his first few games of his junior year and just explodes against some really, really good competition. Uh, his AAU director, who who coached Shea Gilgis-Alexander and kind of mentored him um, and had a relationship with the Kentucky coaches, obviously, from that, uh, sent uh, some game film and some info in to, to Calipari and Joel Justice and and they took a closer look at him, and uh, I think it was even a surprise to Sharp and his coach, but they committed, or, or they uh, they they offered, offered. right then, um, while he was like the number 90 recruit in the country, uh, which is obviously far, far below where Calipari usually recruits, but they saw something in him, and, and they saw how his game was evolving. And so flash forward um, a few more months, he started this summer as a top 10 recruit, um, uh, Kentucky was at the top of his list. Then he plays the Nike schedule in July and coming off that rivals.com ESPN, uh, the new on three recruiting service and, and hoopscene.com have all ranked him as the number one overall player in the 2022 class less than a year after, after he was barely ranked at all. So that kind of is a testament to, to how hard he's worked and how far his game has come. And he's taken that athleticism, uh, which is uh, maybe the best of any perimeter player in this 2022 class. And now he, just in a pretty short amount of time, has become one of the most skilled perimeter players in this class uh, as far as like the five-star level type of player. So, I mean, they're getting a, they're getting a pretty complete package. And, and, you know, what's kind of exciting about him, if you're a Kentucky fan, is just judging from how far he's come in the past year, He's got another year before he gets to Kentucky's campus to where he can continue to hone those skills he's been working on and and be even better. So uh, if he keeps that work ethic and and he keeps working, which it sounds like he's the type of kid who will, um, you know, this could really, really be a dynamic addition for Kentucky. Does he have a comp? Is there somebody that people are comparing him to? Yeah, I've talked to, uh, obviously, his coach, uh, 
coach Shay Gilgis Alexander, and he compares his work ethics to Shay's, which yeah. if you've heard John Calipari talk over the last three or four years, he, there's always a few guys he brings up. Like, you know, I came to the, I came to my office at midnight and the kid was shooting and I came to 6am and the kid was shooting. He's working on his game. And Shay is always one of those guys that he brings up and the right. people who were around Shay talk about him in that regard. But, um, you know, on the court, his coaches told me that that Malik Monk and Jamal Murray are a couple of guys who Kentucky fans would be familiar with that that might be a good comparison. And I kind of run that by some others and, and the Jamal Murray comparison just from a standpoint of Shaden can affect the game both on and off the ball so well, which which Jamal was so good at and, and, and has become obviously even better at uh, as an NBA player. That's the one that people are kind of grasping onto is, yeah, like he, he can he can do this stuff, which is going to be important because they already got Sky Clark in this class. It sounds like they're going to get Kaysen Wallace uh, here in the next few weeks, a, a really great combo guard. Um, Severe Willa could be back. You, you know, we don't know if Washington could even be back for a second year, even though he's projected as a pick right now. So there's going to be other really talented playmakers and point guards on the roster next season. Uh, but the fact that you have a guy like Shaden who you can play in several different roles. He's comfortable on the ball. He's comfortable off the ball. And especially off the ball, he can be, I think, so disruptive. And and I think that athleticism that, that a Malik Monk had, um, that some other of Calipari's really good guards have had, it's it's gonna again. It's gonna kind of be a total package of um, of of perimeter skills that this kid is expected to bring in. Okay, you mentioned it, you know, and you mentioned uh, Joel Justice's name, uh, you know, when they first became aware of him and so forth. But he's committing while Cal basically has a different staff. Um, is this staff, and we're going to talk about who's next and and about who this staff is going after here in a minute. But what did this staff close the deal on him, or do you think he was already pretty much sold on Kentucky before Antigua and Chin Coleman uh, came on board here? Yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds like just from talking to recruits and their parents, and especially being around Orlando from you know, his early days here, it, it, you don't hear many people say, or you don't hear really anybody say anything bad about Orlando or Chen as recruiters. And I do think some of the guys we're going to talk about, I think here in a little bit, they have had a huge impact on, but with Shaden, I think it's just more of a Calipari Kentucky deal. Um, and his, his coach actually told me over the summer that they were, uh, he kind of implied that part of the slowdown in the process was, uh, you know, Joel and Tony Barbie left and they were familiar with those guys. Um, and they weren't familiar, even though Illinois was recruiting them, they weren't as familiar with Orlando and Chan. And they kind of wanted to get a sense for the whole situation he'd be going into before they pulled the trigger on a commitment. But I, I think this is, this is a, uh, uh, Dwayne Washington, who, who is, who's the kids, uh, kind of mentor and coach was just so familiar with Calipari. He sent up Shea Alexander um, and he saw what the, the whole Kentucky uh, experience did for Shea. It, it, it gave him a place where, you know, he could go to the gym for 20 hours a day or whatever he was doing and just work on his game and, and, and obviously have somebody like Calipari to bring out the best in him and, and to put him in an environment with other good players where he was going to improve every day. And so Satan's coach saw that and, and saw that experience. And he's actually the one who, who reached out to Kentucky staff and said, you know, I've, I've been to your practices. I've talked to Shay. 
I've seen what you do. I know what it takes to be a really good Kentucky basketball player. And I think this kid that I have right now is going to be a really good Kentucky basketball player. So I, I think it was that more of that previous relationship uh, with Shay and Cal that they kind of kind of clinched this one in the end. Okay. Anything else about uh, about the commitment before we get on to who's who's next? No, I, one thing that, that has kind of come up in conversation, and I think some of the more jaded uh, Kentucky fans will <laughs> will see the stat that this is going to be Kentucky's first number one ranked recruit since uh, Scalabissier in, uh, in 2015. I, I, I know I it's coming. It yeah, so, and, 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 you know, that's a valid thing to bring up, especially, you know, we're coming a season after. Brandon Boston Jr. didn't quite live up to expectations. Some some of their other top recruits haven't lived up to expectations. I think what I would say with Shaden is that Scal's Scal was a really good high school. He was really fun to watch as a high school player. Um, but a lot of that ranking, most of that ranking probably, was on his upside and his long term trajectory, especially as a professional, and just the fact that he was he was a unique player. We hadn't really seen. You know, I I know Kentucky fans won't believe this. The ones who didn't get to see him in high school, I mean, he was an amazingly talented high school player. And you saw him and you just thought about the possibilities of of what he could become in a few years. And obviously he was put in a situation at Kentucky where I don't think he was ready for that. And he he was put in kind of a positional situation where he wasn't he wasn't a, a, you know, back to the basket, uh, be on the block type guy. So it just it, it wasn't. It didn't turn out well. Is is anybody who followed Kentucky at the time knows? You can uh, say that. Shane yeah. Sharp, yeah, Shane Sharp is built to to be a major impactful player on a on a on a Final Four caliber college basketball team from the get go. And I'm sure there will be, you know, growing pains as there always are with freshmen. He's going to have some hiccups along the way, but he's the type of guy who. You know, in those November games of next year, if he goes for 20 points or 25 points or or makes some game changing play at the end, it's not going to be a surprise like this. This kid, I I think, is going to be a really, really good college basketball player right off the bat. Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh <laughs> so just just the preemptive strike there. Okay. For, <laughs> no, no, no. That's that, I think that's called for because I'm same way. Saw the name Scalabissier. Okay, well, hopefully it works out <laughs> a little better than that. But uh, anyway, okay. Well, we'll be right back with Ben to talk about who's next and about uh, Kentucky's recruiting momentum and just just after this break. Okay, back with Ben Roberts. Okay, Ben. Uh, Shaden Sharp is is on the board as a commitment. Who who might be next? Who's gonna who might be next to jump on board with him? Yeah, I'm not sure about the order of all this, and and we'll have we'll have something um, on Kentucky.com here tonight if it, if it's not already up about uh, kind of each of these guys. But the the three names to look for over these next few weeks are, are going to be Kaysen Wallace, Derek Lively, and, and Chris Livingston. And, uh, you know, we talked about Shaden Sharp is the number one recruit by most accounts in this in this 2022 class. Those three guys are all top 10 recruits. So along with Sky Clark, um, who is a five star point guard, you're looking at a, a very realistic possibility. You know, this is not this is not some pie in the sky thing out there. This, this could really happen of Kentucky getting four top 10 recruits in this 2022 class, which um, is is close to unprecedented even by Calipari standards here, which is really saying something. But 
uh, I, I guess we'll start uh, with Kaysen Wallace because um, he seems to be, I think, the, the surest thing, uh, so to speak, at, at this point. He's narrowed his list to Kentucky, Tennessee, and Texas. Um, you know, he, he took his official visit to Kentucky a couple weeks ago. And really right around that time, uh, even though he's always wanted a Kentucky offer, they offered in July. A lot of people thought if they offered, they'd be the favorite. But by the time they offered, Tennessee had kind of crept in there. And Texas, which is his home state school, had really made him a priority. So there was a little bit uh, more of a mystery there. But just over these last two weeks, um, it's kind of becoming almost an inevitability that, that Kaysen is going to ultimately publicly commit to play for Kentucky. Um, which if you add a combo guard of his skill and unselfishness and defensive ability uh, with guys like uh, Shaden Sharp and Sky Clark and whoever comes back from this team, I mean, that's that's a set backcourt. I mean, this as soon as Kaysen commits, this backcourt, I, I think, it, in, unless you know something unforeseen happens, could really be set without any more needed additions uh, before next season. Um, and I think that'll happen. He's, you know, he's supposed to commit. November 7th is his plan right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if something happened before then. Um, and then with Chris Livingston, you know, he's been an interesting one to follow. He's been on the radar since the very beginning of his high school career. He's from Akron, Ohio. People have talked about him as, as not the next LeBron because there's no next LeBron, but is, is like the next big thing out of out of Akron. And he's been a top five recruit nationally since they've been doing these rankings. So He's been in the limelight, but is and while Kentucky's always been kind of mentioned on the outside, uh, a lot of people thought he would turn pro uh, originally, and then a lot of people thought he would go to Memphis, uh, more so here in the past few months. And now there's it's there's just been chatter for two three weeks, uh, a little more in some circles that Kentucky is the team to beat for him. And I, I feel safe in saying that I think Kentucky's the favorite for him. And, and he, he announces a commitment October 15th. But again, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if an announcement came from him before then, um, even though that's his plan. That's his 18th birthday and his plan commitment date. I just think all the momentum right now is, is with Kentucky. He's a six six power wing. One of the I mean, just the type of kid who when he's on high school players can't really stop him. He's he has such a great blend of of power and skill and just size and, and athleticism. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to translate immediately to the, to the college level. Uh, you know, some people are already acting like this is a done deal. I hesitate a little there just because there's been so many changes in his recruitment, over, even over the past few months where it's gone from pro to Memphis to pro to, to Kentucky that, you know, uh, another week or two could could bring another change, but right now uh, Kentucky's the favorite. Um, there's no way around that. And and then with Derek Lively, you know, since the summer began, I, I think it's safe to say that that Derek Lively and Shaden Sharp were and are and have been Kentucky's one and one A targets in this 2022 class. Whatever order you want to put them in, uh, Shaden's been the top perimeter guy, and and Derek's been the top front court guy. He's a, he's a versatile seven footer. Um, can do a little bit of everything. I think while Shaden is number one right now, I, I think probably his biggest competition for that number one ranking in this class is from Derek. Uh, and, and, I, and, and even the guys ranking Shaden number one right now say Derek has, has the better long-term uh, upside uh, just because of his size and skill and, and how rare it is to see that in, in seven foot, seven foot two guys like him. 
Um, his recruitment's a little bit more to a little bit more difficult to handicap. Uh, he has several schools on his list, but still just asking around. I think it's Kentucky and Duke at, at this point. I don't think the pros are going to be really that much of an option, even though they're look they're pursuing him really hard. I, I think he and his mom are are more looking toward college basketball and want to be involved in college basketball. And and I think if I had to pick one right now, I think I would say Kentucky's the favorite for him too. I, I think it's really close with Duke, and I think there's there are going to be some more visits and. I don't expect him to, to make any sort of announcement until probably November, the early November signing period. Um, but I think Kentucky goes into this kind of this home stretch of his recruitment as is, 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 is a lukewarm favorite to land him. And, and so if you get all those guys, you've got five top 20 players and four top 10 players and, and five McDonald's All-Americans and, and maybe, you know, even, even a few others out there that if they feel they need more bodies for next season, uh, they'll be in a position to get, but this is shaping up as a class that not only do you have all those guys, but you could get all those guys signed in November and and maybe be done with your recruiting uh, before the season really even gets rolling. Okay, well, we're we are we are recording this uh, on the same day that Cal Perry had a uh, Zoom call with the media this morning. The first time he talked to the media in quite a while. Uh, one of the reasons I think is because, as he told us, uh, he had COVID during the summer, so <laughs> that kind of took yeah. him off the trail. He wasn't seen at the NBA draft or at some of the recruiting things, and people were kind of wondering, where, okay, where where is Cal? And there was some talk about that you know maybe he did have COVID or whatever, and he confirmed that today. Uh, but he was asked a question about mo- uh, recruiting momentum that he seemed to have recruiting. Kentucky has a lot of momentum in recruiting right now. Cal pushed back on that by saying, well, you know, he thought he, they'd had a number one or number two class in every year he's been here. Uh, but then he sort of admitted, then he kind of turned around and admitted that, uh, yeah, they did have some good momentum. Why? What's the explanation for this? That they're, that you, and we're talking about Shaden Sharp at first number one since Scal Labissier. That's been a while. Now, as you mentioned, he, they could very well end up with four guys in the top 10. What, what's changed? What's, uh, what's the reason for this? I think it's a combination of things. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the credit is going to be given to, to Orlando Antigua and 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 Shen Coleman and, and Jay Lucas, and and I and they deserve a lot of it. And and I think especially the the splash of bringing Orlando back, um, and just the relationships that they're able to build in in these recruitments are going to be important. And I, I think you're starting to see that. Um, and I think you'll see that actually a lot more in in the next couple of classes. I actually think their impact is as good as this class sounds like it's going to be. I think their impact is going to be felt even more over the next two or three years. And the the more they they uh, kind of collectively come together as one entity and and kind of figure out who they want to target and go after them. Um, I think another big reason is. And this is kind of a coincidence, but but just that relationship between Shaden Sharp's AAU program and Calipari and Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, it just happened. You know, he just happened to be the number one recruit while in the cycle where all these changes are happening. I I think if Shaden Sharp uh, was in the 2020 or 2021 class, and and Joel Justice and Tony Barbie and Kenny Payne were still here. Uh, I think he would commit to Kentucky. Uh, I still think he, he, you know, I don't think that would change anything with his recruitment. Um, so that's a little bit of a coincidence where they're they're making this big splash uh, amid all these changes with a guy that I think they would have gotten in any other cycle. 
Um, I think NIL, Cal kind of downplayed it, but also kind of uh, held it up at the same time um, right. as he often does. He did a lot of that about today. Some of these things. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but but uh, I think NIL is going to be a big difference. And I think what he, what was important about what he's – the most important thing he said about it today was that he doesn't think guys are going to come to Kentucky just because of NIL or with NIL being the primary reason – but you also can't fall behind there and you have to keep up and you have to know what you're doing and you have to have an answer for kids and an avenue for kids right. uh, that do come here. And I think that's 100% correct. And I, I think, especially with a guy like Chris Livingston, if there were no NIL, I think he probably goes to the G league. I, you know, I don't know that for sure, but, right. but I, I think there's a good chance of that. Um, and you're going to see that with some other guys, uh, both in this class and in future classes, uh, who, because NIL is in place, and if a school like Kentucky can take advantage of it, which they should be able to, they're going to have a much better chance with some of these recruits that, that they normally wouldn't. And that's not to say that if Chris Livingston picks Kentucky, it's just because of NIL, because there's a lot of other things in Kentucky's favor, right. obviously, in that recruitment. But but Cal's right that you have to keep up there, and you have to know what you're doing and, and give these kids the right answers and, and the right avenues. So I think all of that... Um, is kind of coming together in, in, a, in a perfect cyclone. And, and I think, you know, it's going to extend. I, talking NIL and, and talking those previous relationships with a guy like DJ Wagner in the 2023 class, number one player in that class, he has as close a relationship to Calipari, you know, his family as you could possibly get in the recruiting world. And I think they got a great shot at him. Obviously, Reed Shepard's in that class. Uh, there's a pretty big relationship between Kentucky basketball with Reed Shepard. And then you're going to see right. um, Chin Coleman is recruiting a player like J.J. Taylor, who's going to be a top five player in that class. He's recruited him since he was at Illinois. I think you're going to see that relationship and relationships like that, that that he and Orlando Antigua will have pay off. And, and you know, I think Jay Lucas gets lost in, in a lot of this just because he's not the new guy. But, uh, you know, he's been recruiting Cason Wallace for, for a long time, and he's been on his radar for a long time. So, you know, it's just it's 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 not one thing you can point to. And it's not even two or three things you can point to. I think it's just kind of a, a perfect storm for for Kentucky basketball recruiting at the moment. Yeah, talking about the NIL, you know what he what Cal said. Like you said, he kind of downplayed it, but then he turned around and he also said that every recruit that they've brought in or talked to, the mm-hmm. parents have asked about NIL. So it's definitely on their radar. And uh, and I think you're exactly right. It, it may not be the reason why they come to Kentucky, but they don't want to fall behind in it in it either i mean well this is sort of off the topic do jalen duran and amoni bates do they go to memphis if uh nil is not going no. on right now or do they go to no, the g no league chance. or to over overhead no elite or whatever overtime elite or whatever it's yeah. called there's no chance they play college basketball <laughs> if not for nil zero um especially amoni um, I, th- I think that still surprised a lot of people that he went to, that he went to Memphis. Uh, there was a lot of talk of him possibly going overseas, um, you know, because of his age. He's still two years removed from the NBA draft. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've heard some numbers and there were a lot of big numbers thrown out right. if he were to go somewhere like the NBL which had uh, LaMelo Ball and R.J. Hampton, Hampton a couple years ago. And if if not for NIL, I would have been very, very surprised if Jalen Duren hadn't, hadn't gone to the G League. So, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those are two big names that, that I, I, I'm excited. I, you know, college basketball fans, even if you're not a Memphis fan, should be excited to right. get to see those guys 
play college basketball next season, and you're going to get more like a Chris Livingston, uh, you know, like uh, like some of these others. Keontae George is one who's going to be a Baylor. I think he might have still gone pro. Um, we're going to get to see some really, really exciting players as, as a result of this NIL. Um, and, and that's, you know, whether they go to your school or not, I think that's a really, really cool thing for college basketball. Yeah. Well, one thing we do know is that Shaden Sharp is coming to Kentucky. He committed tonight. Uh, ben has that story. He has plenty of other coverage. He has pl- uh, tons of things on his uh, Next Cats page, so be sure and check that out. Follow him on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL. Anything else you want to plug here, Ben, before I let you go? Uh, no, I don't think so. We'll just have yeah, all the stuff related to, to Shaden Sharp tonight and, and probably some more the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, then kind of turning the more attention to, to those other three guys. Uh, right. And I think those dominoes uh, should fall relatively quickly. So uh, it might end up being a boring winter in spring if you're following like you're recruiting. <laughs> but uh, th- this fall should be pretty exciting. And I guess I guess once the season, high school season starts, everybody can can follow Reed Shepard's uh, every move okay. as well. Okay. So maybe it won't be that boring. I'm glad you mentioned Reed Shepard. Now I can put him in the show notes uh, to help with the help with the clicks, help with everybody we help with the downloads. Wants, yeah. That always helps. Everybody so. wants to read and hear about Reed. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, Ben. Well, thank you very much as always for being on the podcast. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Ben Roberts. As always, follow Ben on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL. Read him in the print edition of the Herald-Leader and online at Kentucky.com. Lots of mornings, 7, 8 o'clock, pops up on Kentucky.com. Always an interesting story from Ben about UK basketball recruiting, so be on the lookout for that, and he'll have plenty more coverage uh, about UK's basketball recruiting through the, throughout the cycle. Uh We'll have later in the week a, another podcast, this one previewing the Kentucky-Missouri football game this Saturday, a big game, 7.30 at Kroger Field on the SEC Network. I'll have Josh Moore, my Herald Leader colleague who covers UK football, will be on the podcast as well as we'll have a Missouri scouting report. So be on the lookout for that to drop as well. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we'll be talking to you again soon.